Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Vergara. What's going on, everybody? We have Nick Gray of Fandroid back on the show, and he kind of walks me through some of this craziness that's happening with like the GameStop stocks and all of that stuff. Uh, I am definitely one of those people that calls it stonks because I have no idea what is going on. So he tries to explain to me why some of the trades were happening the way that they were. And then we recorded this episode the morning that the Robinhood news broke. I now understand why so many people are upset about it, but it wasn't until after we were done recording this episode that I got a feel for why there's so much vitriol regarding the move that Robinhood made. So we don't really touch upon the anger in this show, but we do talk about the Robin Hood move a little bit before we head into the back half of the show. It is going to be another week of the Samsung Galaxy S21 and the S21 Ultra. Nick finally got his units, not necessarily review units, because he'll tell you the story of how he actually got his phones, uh, plural, <laughs> multiple of them. Uh, and he also gives us some thoughts about the phones uh, in his first impression, since he's only had the phone for like a day or two. Always good to get more perspectives on these particular devices, and that's what we give you in the back half of the show. With all that said, let's go ahead and get into this episode with Nick Gray of Fandroid. Enjoy. Welcome back to Nick Gray onto the show. Um, Mr. Fandroid himself is finally working with the Samsung Galaxy S21 devices, thank goodness, um, which we'll talk about more later. Uh, but I do want to make sure, like, to prime you for when we talk about it in more of the back half of the show, like the story of why you have so many. <laughs> So we'll get into I have that. more than most people. Yeah, so we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, but Nick, just a really quick check-in, just wanted to see how you are. I feel like I... Was the last time I spoke to you before the new year? I don't even remember. No, I think I've been on one time this year. I can't remember. Mm, okay. The dates just merge into each other. That's very true. Um, we are still not out of the woods in LA County as far as... Like, we're in the deepest part of the woods still <laughs> is the problem. LA County is still the epicenter of this whole of this whole thing, but apparently, uh, outdoor dining is coming back. Restrictions are being lifted, and I have. And what I love is that when people say, "Hey, we can go out now," I'm like in my coat, in my in my sweater. Like, we were able to go out when, like, and anytime. Like, I've been in my house this entire time. I don't even go to my office anymore. I'm I'm actually starting to get stir crazy. Yeah, I think the same thing is happening for us here. I mean, I'm in Ohio, and it is the dead of winter. Um, I went out last night to do some camera comparison video stuff, capturing photos at night, and it was 18 degrees outside, and so being outside is just torture and pain, so not being able to go out and go into restaurants or go into a mall or anything like that makes it really hard. I mean... Um, at least in California, you have good weather, so you can be outside actually and enjoy yep. the outside. As but people, anything more than twenty minutes outside here, my my fingers were literally freezing. I got back into my car and I have seat warmers. I turned the seat warmer on, put them under my leg, and just stood there, sat there for two or three minutes just for my fingers to warm up. It was bad. If the if the health weirdo in me can provide a tip. Um, one really mm -hmm. good, like natural body warming, um, supplement is magnesium. So you can take magnesium and just drink, uh, drink some of that and it'll help a little bit with that. There are times when like, like, especially in those moments when your hands get really cold and it's hard to type, <laughs> like that's when it's just your hands, like it's weird when, when that happens, it's also probably because you haven't eaten all day, but yeah, the, um, it's true that I can go places around here, but I'm still just so weirdly cautious 
um, because cases are so high. But if people follow my content over on my channel, I do tend to go to these botanical gardens and just like walk around and that's how I do my camera tests. Uh, meanwhile, mm -hmm. you were telling me the other day, like it's, it's tough, it's tough for you because you can't really go outside. Yeah. And that's the thing with my camera test. I typically like to get outside just because you get better lighting for the shots. Um, even though a lot of people take most, especially now, most people are taking photos indoors, you know, using mm -hmm. selfies or pictures of the families in their indoors most of the time. So, I mean, it wouldn't be a huge disservice to the people that are looking at these camera comparisons to just take pictures indoors. Uh, honestly, it shows how the cameras struggle the most in most situations because mm -hmm. it's low, lower lighting conditions. But I do like to add just a variety of content to the photos that I'm taking. So I I do go outside. I torture myself for <laughs> those people who are trying to watch my videos. So I appreciate everybody who tunes in and watches those. But yeah, just looking at the forecast for the next eight days, like I have one day that's above freezing. Wow. So That's nuts. And here we are in Cali. I, I make no bones about it. Like I'm not going to have a superiority complex or, or anything like that because it is true that Californians are very soft whenever it rains everyone complains oh yeah you guys start bitching about everything <laughs> like oh my gosh it's cloudy and rainy what are we gonna do exactly I, i'm sitting here like you know what there are worse things in life indeed indeed um so yeah we do have some rain coming on the way so i won't be going to the botanical gardens but it could be a lot worse case in point <laughs> nick in ohio hey, you can go to the botanical gardens in the rain Take some cloudy day rainy shots. That's fair. I feel like they closed Put that IP rating to the test. Okay. That's... Why would they close for rain? I... <laughs> like... <laughs> no, let's put it this way. How, how privileged I am, I have never had to actually like test that theory if they close. <laughs> I haven't had to yet <laughs> since being a member. Um, the fact that it doesn't rain that often. Exactly. Which we have droughts. But anyway. Um, but anyway, the um, we do want to get into our week's main topics uh but one in particular has been really making headlines over the last like day and then this morning one big piece of it uh came to light uh have you do you like trade at all do you do day trading or anything like that I, uh, there are all these I, terms that i, I keep I, hearing that i have no idea what they mean so i'm gonna i'm going to admit to my ignorance on this topic i've done sporadic day trading in the past i actually did some in 2020 like right at the height of the pandemic after the stock market crash and everything. But I, I honestly don't do it that much. I've, I've done it off and on over the years. You know, I'll go like a week or two doing it and then not do it for two years. Uh, so I've, I've dabbled in it. But uh, the issue that you're talking about is uh, those who follow technology should be familiar with GameStop, the yep. retailer who has honestly been underperforming for what the better part of two decades mm -hmm. i mean I, introduce I the say, word like, digital to anything and gamestop hurts oh yeah definitely so i mean it's a brick and mortar store mm -hmm. selling games and used games and now that gaming consoles have gone digital media uh, not allowing you to resell a game that you've purchased uh, directly through any of the game stores uh, owning that digital copy forever essentially they've they've hurt and you, you know with online retailers you know selling games at discounts as well GameStop's hurt there as well so the the company's never performed really well over the last decade and 
um, a lot of people in the stock market have placed bets on GameStop to lose money. So you can short sell stocks, essentially trading. So buying high, selling low mm -hmm. versus buying low, selling high. And you can trade your bet, uh, trade and make money that way as well. Just knowing when you want to get in and when you go on to get out, knowing how much people will and will not pay for it. So a lot of people were on Reddit and decided <laughs> to, as a group collectively, stick it to the man or the large brokerage firms that are doing these you is know, the term is bets. the term hedge um, funds that that's what that is now who was trying to buy up and well, actually uh, do the there are hedge funds that are in it. I mean, I, I'd imagine there are lots of hedge funds that are in it on both sides of it. But oh, gotcha. essentially, the majority of the established stock trading segment was betting that GameStop was going to lose money. And that's how they were going to make their profit was betting against the stock. And on Reddit, the community kind of blew up and said, hey, let's let's you know, do the opposite. And collectively, if we have enough buying power, we can make the man lose a whole lot of money. And I, I think, I think the last I looked, I think they said, I don't know, GameStop stock was up like 8,000%, mm -hmm. which means uh, a lot of the established traders lost huge amounts of money while these groups on Reddit made huge amounts of money. I mean, just imagine if you invested a dollar and it's up 8,000%. Every dollar that you put in is now worth $8,000. Yeah, that's insane. So you put you put in $100, you're, <laughs> you're almost a millionaire. Like you have $800,000. Um, so this weird, this weird sort of, I guess the term might be grassroots movement that occurred on it, it was a subreddit called r slash uh, wall street bets and mm -hmm. i don't know there's there, there's a lot of talk going on right now about you know the the, the so-called get rich quick schemes and when gamestop started to become the centerpiece of the latest wall street bet if we will uh, a lot of people were getting on like because I, I follow a lot of social media obviously i'm on twitter and tiktok quite a lot and there were a lot of people trying to tout the virtues of day trading my brother is a day trader but he does it like he's he's in it like he's not just you know he it's legitimately legitimately yeah. like he actually does it every single day and he reads and he reads up and he's all about it i'm actually really interested to hear his thoughts on it when i see him this weekend but yeah there were, there was literally like a there was one tiktoker that ended up blowing up on twitter half because people were trying were like hoping that his advice was true but also the other half were like don't follow this stuff because this person was literally saying like yeah so gamestop is a great example so like if you were to buy in when it's low once you see an increase just cash out and then just do that over and over and over and over again it pays for our whole lifestyle and i was like oh my god none of this sounds like sustainable uh at all none of this sounds sustainable at all first off um he should not be giving financial advice because <laughs> he can be sued for giving misinformation and financial advice. You can give general analogies and not give specific financial uh, advice 
like that simply because there are regulations uh, by the FTC in order to cover those who are legitimately licensed to give financial advice because it is a very, very tricky subject because you give somebody the wrong financial advice and they can lose all of their money. Yeah. Uh, so just, just putting that out there. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of, I don't know, day trading, there's a lot of people who simply say, oh yeah, you should be a day trader. You can you know, do things for 10, 15 minutes and you can you know, make a whole day's worth of work or a whole day's worth of salary in a, in a couple hours or even just a couple minutes, which is true if you know what you're doing and if you know what to look for. Uh, as I said, I, I've done some day trading off and on, and I have a, fi uh, a minor in finance, so I, I studied some of this in school, and I, I do kind of know what to look for. Even so, it is hard to make a profit on a consistent basis. Mm. You can get lucky from time to time. Anyone who looked into and purchased GameStop, GameStop stock. Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, <laughs> has made some really good money. But you know what? That wasn't because someone made a, a right bet. It was because a group of people colluded to do something and influence the market. And there was no there was no way anyone could have foreseen that happening. It's it's essentially like going to the corner grocery store and buying a lottery ticket saying yeah, this is going to be the winner. I'm, I'm going to tell everybody this one's this one's the winner. You have no clue what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And when they're doing things like this, trades like this, they're literally betting. They're not investing. They are betting with their money. And more, this time they got lucky. The next time they're not going to get lucky, and they're going to lose a lot. But was it was it a was it a response? to and what what are the terms again I, th I know that some of the terms are like short selling and then there was another one where it was a squeeze a short squeeze i think it was called like wasn't it what was being done in one direction to squeeze that stock so that these investors were able to make a lot of money if the stock went down wasn't wasn't wall street bets that community responding to that move in a weird way yeah i'm so i mean the they were simply looking at what the the general investment firms were were doing and essentially doing the opposite and out betting them with the amount of people exactly. that were that were in the community and so it's i mean honestly it's it's the regular rules of the stock you know depending on you know if you want to buy or sell at a certain price you put in your rates and if you get a match then the price goes up or down based off of what you bought and sold so if i if i have stock in a company right now that's selling for $100 i can go in and say i want to sell this stock at $10 and my stock will sell immediately somebody's going to buy that immediately but what that does is it brings the price of the overall stock down hmm. And so I just caused a negative stock price for that stock and I moved it downwards. And so they can do the complete opposite and set their price really high and higher and higher because they knew that these financial firms were looking to buy high and then sell low mm. because that that's how they were doing it. So they were setting their prices higher and higher and higher, which eventually just brought the stock price higher and higher and higher. So where does where does this whole Robinhood thing come in? Because I think from a from a top level standpoint, we know Robinhood as a 
as an app mm-hmm. that you can use to start investing in certain stocks and whatnot. But I think what was happening, uh, from what I read at least, is that Robinhood saw what was going on. Robinhood, the, the company of Robinhood, the app, they saw what was going on with this GameStop uh, fiasco, let's say. And as people were flooding the app to get a piece of the action, Robinhood basically just froze <laughs> any movement on, they on using their app on the GameStop stock. Yeah. So this... So a lot of people are angry at Robinhood and a couple other firms that did the same thing, essentially restricting sales yeah. of of GameStop's, GameStop's stock sales. <laughs> Man, that's a hard one. Um, and some people are very upset with this because, you know, they want to get in on the action. Unfortunately, it's up to Robinhood and it's up to them to decide which stocks are and are not available through their platform. They have the ability to say, we are selling these, we are not selling those. And you you go through Robinhood now, there are, all, there are thousands of stocks that are not available on Robinhood. Oh, okay. So it's not like this is a one-off. And the there's reason no, why they did it- There's not really a precedent here. Yeah, so I mean, there, it, it's not like this is something that's out of the blue. Sure. Companies companies choose to not allow sales of certain stocks through their, their platforms, and that's something that they're allowed to do. It's like going to a grocery store and saying, I want to, I want to or going to a restaurant and saying, I want a Coke. And they're like, no, we only sell Pepsi. You know, you're mm. like, okay, then you can choose to go to another store that sells Coke or a grocery store or restaurant whatever my brain's not working today <laughs> but like you you have the option to go somewhere else to buy what you want that particular loca- location or this particular service doesn't have to offer you all the options mm. they brokerage services do try to offer as many stocks as possible simply because it allows you then to get as many customers as possible because yeah. if you only have 10 stocks available through your ser- service you're not going to get that many people wanting to use your service. Um, but the flip side is, I, I think Robinhood did the right thing because what's happening now is extremely irregular, and it's only because a group of people decided to game the system. Mm-hmm. So at this point, most investment is done off of your research that you've done and you've determined that something is a good or a bad buy and making investments based off of that. Right now with GameStop, there is no logic or reason as to what is happening. There's just a rush. And they said, there's a rush. And you know what? The stock is going to crash so hard. And a lot of people, if they don't pull out soon enough, they will lose everything. Wow. That... So th- that's the thing. That that's what Robinhood is trying to protect. They because Robinhood is mainly the stock trading app for the average person who doesn't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's oh, I want to go buy ten shares of Coca Cola. You can do that with Robinhood. Just download the app, sign up. You can buy ten shares of Coca Cola if you want to. But they don't want to be the app where ninety percent of their customers lost. 90% of their revenue or yeah. 90% of their money, right? Yeah. They don't want to be associated with that. So just limiting the sale of of the stock will help them in the long run. Yeah, people are going to be pissed. There's other services you can sign up for that you can buy it with, um, you know, so more I can, options. I can see where that 
mentality comes from that they have to regulate in some form or fashion just to protect even just their own consumers i guess what i was seeing a lot of on on social media and and there's so many angles to this that people are taking because on the one hand there are people warning the general public or just other users of uh let's say twitter or tiktok don't just get in on it because you have fear of missing out on what could be a big payday um and by could it's like a very volatile probability on top of all of that, there are these people who are very angry at Robinhood because they feel like that as a consumer, they're not being respected. Um, you know, they're, they're just being forced not to actually trade in. Maybe these are people who actually bought in and now all of a sudden they can't do anything with it um, via Robinhood, I should say. Uh, but yeah, it's just it was such an interesting thing that happened this morning when I looked at it, especially on social media, how everyone was reacting to it. So I wanted to make sure I wanted to see since before the show, you told me you had a background in finance. I was like, oh, can you talk about this stock stuff? And all I I know next to nothing. The, 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 the only thing I really know. And the thing is, I want my brother to kind of teach me so that I can actually do a couple of things on my own. He's not com- mm-hmm. he's not comfortable enough to actually uh, trade on my behalf because I mean, and I and I agree and I, I get where he's coming from with that. Uh, but I'd love to learn just to have an extra revenue stream. Um, but other than that, I only really know that everyone, for some reason, keeps calling them stonks now. <laughs> like, such a weird word for it. Yeah, terminology pops up and we'll hear the word stonks, I would say, <laughs> for the next month and a half or so. And then it's going to fade away until something else pops up. So, yeah. No, I, the, the thing is, the technology has gotten so ubiquitous where now the average person has the ability to just get a news notification about a stock that's skyrocketing and within seconds literally be able to buy that stock. It used to be you had to call somebody and call a broker and give them your bank information Mm -hmm. and then tell them what price you want to buy a stock at and then get a phone call 30 minutes later saying, we bought your stock for you. I mean, that's, and that was, the 90s. I mean, it's not that long ago. I mean, the pro, the platforms have progressed so much. And the fact that we have these devices in our pocket that allow instant communication and instant transactions like this is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I know that personally, the whole idea behind Robinhood made a lot of sense to me. And now I feel very conflicted because there are people that we trust, even just in the tech space, who are saying this is terrible what Robinhood is doing and whatnot. But the idea that you can put maybe like a few dollars, just a few dollars in and let Robinhood do a lot of the other work for you, like it made a lot of sense to me. And I was like, I should try that at some point. Once I once I pay off everything, once I'm, you know, a little bit more financially, not really stable. I don't want to just be stable. I want to have like an actual like like fund. I want to be funded in order to do all of this. Um, so stable and, and and then funded and have extra disposable income to be able to experiment with things like that. That's what I'm kind of waiting for. Um, but yeah, thank you for the, thank you for kind of the primer on all of that, because I was trying to read through it, but of course, when you're just on social media, like Twitter, you're just getting people's reactions. So I have no background when it comes to any of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing though, like the, the market is ever changing and ever evolving. And Mm -hmm. even though I got a minor in finance 15 years ago now, things have evolved and changed so much since then. So, you know, it's one of those things where to be a day trader and to actually know what you're doing and make an educated assumption about what the market's going to do, you need to do a lot of research every day. Totally. And so a day, a, being a day trader, and people talk about that all the time, I'll just make a quick buck uh, with the stock market. 
nine out of ten times you're going to lose money. Mm-hmm. E- even somebody, even somebody who knows what they're doing, will essentially make a profit only sixty percent of the time. You know, the other forty percent they're losing. Mm. Well, from so to transition from me knowing nothing about stocks we talk or stonks we we move into a company literally called nothing (laughs) so the other big story as far as you know if we're going to talk about investing and whatnot uh well it looks like carl pay formerly well he is the co-founder of oneplus but he's not there anymore is the point i was trying to make uh carl pay left oneplus near the end of last year and said he was going to open up his new vent, his own venture. Uh, and yeah, Carl Pay has always been a bit of an iconoclast. He's always trying to go against the grain. And finally, he unveiled um, a company, and it's literally called Nothing. Uh, quoting uh, him, quoting him in a press release. This is what he was saying: "It's been a while since anything interesting happened in tech. It's time. It is time for a fresh breeze of change. Nothing's." Nothing's mission is to remove barriers between people and technology to create a seamless digital future. We believe that the best technology is beautiful, yet natural and intuitive to use. When sufficiently advanced, it should fade into the background and feel like nothing. I I, I don't know, just quick reactions to what we're looking at here, because other than what was said in that press release and what you can find on the Nothing website, it's still an odd way of saying it, uh, we don't know anything. We know nothing about what's we coming. We know nothing. <laughs> I mean, at this point, there are a, there's a lot of speculation. Uh, some are saying it is software. Some are saying it is hardware. Some are saying it's a fusion of both. Um, the fact that Carl Pei, co-founder of OnePlus, I, I think we are looking at a consumer electronic device in some way, shape, or form. I think so as well, yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a new smartphone-ish company, but I, I have nothing to base that on. It's simply based off of having met Carl Pei a handful of times over the years and his passion about uh, mobile technology and uh, just the way... It, it, it seems inge- disingenuous to say like he he has a passion for connecting people and having people connected through technology just because that's what every smartphone company says that is their goal but having had you know real conversations with him like i that's a passion of his uh just because of you know his upbringing and where he grew up and just the way he lived his life um that's part of it makes that's part of it but also in, in, in knowing him because i actually knew him back when he was at oppo as well um like that was his that was the first exposure i had to carl pay the person and then when they did that release it was like maybe half to one year later that he literally took people from the oppo side <laughs> and brought them to mm-hmm. oneplus like it was some weird and even though oneplus and oppo had had ties and and according to certain news reports they're going to be even closer than ever moving forward um yeah, with merging their R and D departments, exactly. which is like, haven't didn't you do this like three years ago anyway? Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, he 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 wanted to go against the grain of Oppo by creating a whole new uh, company, and I and I, as part of Android Authority, I was like the only U.S. 
one of the only U.S. people that was there for that launch. Um, I've I've stories of that launch. It was such a good time. But yeah, like what I what I what I always gleaned from Carl Pay as the person was that sure he has a passion for actually connecting people and and creating nice products and things like that. But it, it was also like this whole sense of like he's this he's this forever entrepreneurial person and. He'll never be in one mm-hmm. place for too long. So it it almost makes sense to me that he left. And then bringing up something like this, which is so nebulous. It's so incredibly nebulous. Like, I'm getting vibes of the old Essential days. Remember when Essential first came out? Like, we we had very little to go off of when Essential first started. We knew they were going to do a smartphone, but the way that they... The way that they branded themselves, the way that they had this this self talk and self branding was just so nebulous that it was like, "Ooh, what's coming mm-hmm. next?" <laughs> My only hope is that it's actually something people will want to buy, unlike mm. the essential phone that well, sold what twenty thousand units. Like you could do better with a Kickstarter campaign. <laughs> yeah, especially now. And uh, gosh, I, I see so many Kickstarters that make no sense to me, but they get so much funding. Anyway. Um, there is one wrinkle to this that I do want to bring up. Uh, it does say that in the announcement and on the website that there is a current round of funding, um, seven million in seed funding, and one of the investors is YouTuber Casey Neistat. Now, I love Casey Neistat. He is a wonderful creator. He revolutionized the vlogging uh, aspect of YouTube. Uh, I won't say that he was the innovator of it. I think vlogging was happening before he made it very like um, stylistic and very trendy. That said, Casey Neistat has a um, he has a history of investing in companies that are no longer here anymore, <laughs> that faded away into nothing. If we can be punny about it, um, I hope well, he's also sold some of his investments. That's true. Some of his startups that he's done and made good money off of them too. So, yeah. Well, the thing is, he got um, out before those brands could make any true impact. So I'm hoping yeah. that in the combination of Casey with Carl Pay, the Carl Pay that we know, that there might be something here. So I'm excited, but also kind of cautious about it. So that was like one little wrinkle I wanted to add to it is like having followed Casey since uh, like 2015, 2016, or whenever he got famous for daily vlogging um yeah i've noticed like some of these moves that he has like they don't really pan out all the time <laughs> um but the other thing i want to go back to this uh i want to go back to this i did this this part of the press release carl's announcement that said we believe that the best technology is beautiful yet natural and intuitive to use now it, it it's clear i think they've made it more or less clear that it's going to be some sort of smart device so that points to hardware. If it's something that is supposed to meld into our lives so much that we barely notice or we don't even notice it's there, I don't know what category other than like furniture is too niche of a term, but like lifestyle products. That's all I keep thinking of. So I'm thinking lifestyle product. I'm thinking maybe a wearable. I'm thinking... I don't know, like home home appliance, home home stuff is what I keep thinking when 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 we look at this, when I look at this. Yeah, I that's that's really hard because I know every company wants to come out and invent a new category and say we are the innovators of this and we own it. But when was last time a new category was released and actually made made an impact? Like it's been a while, you know, 
I, I would say the last one was wearables and you know those were in the works for forever with smartwatches but you know what you know what was before that the regular watch man like we've had we've had wearables since before smartphones well i have a perfect example here too just to just to go off your analogy and we're not able to show this like there's no video podcast but i just received two smart glasses recently uh i just for the listeners i just put on the alexa the alexa the amazon um the echo frames and my biggest problem with these right now is they're not prescription, so I can't even really see you right now, Nick. <laughs> um, but I also got the Gentle Monster Huawei uh, sunglasses, and I've yet to I've yet to fire these up because these I'm going to bring somewhere to get prescription lenses put in. But those are sunglasses, the the Huawei ones, so I can't do anything with those. Gonna have to wear contacts for those. But yeah, this was the last big attempt, especially in the wearable space, to create a new category of smart products. I will venture to say these have yet to really make any true significant impact in our in our daily life currently. So this is this is an example. Well, it, I I think it's a product trying to solve an issue that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we have earphones, do we really need earphones built into glasses? You know, you take if you want to take your glasses off, then you cannot listen to your music. Yeah. Like <laughs> Like it's one of those things that it's a double, you know, it's a double product, two in one. But if you don't want to use one part of it, then you can't use the other part of it, which is, you know, kind of crazy. It's also a product that only makes sense for somebody like me who needs glasses <laughs> and like, oh, my prescription glasses that help me see also give me some extra smarts. Like I can listen to a podcast through my glasses. That's really mm -hmm. cool. But for somebody who already has 2020 vision, it's like you're asking me to put on another thing. Yeah, there's enough people out there that simply wear glasses for the style of them. That's fair. Drew Carey. I mean, <laughs> there. I mean, there's. I have, I have quite a few friends who wear glasses that don't actually need them at all, which makes me mad because uh, I don't wear glasses, but I have really, really bad eyesight. Mm. Uh, so I have my contacts in twenty four seven. But I hate. I hate having glasses on my face. Oh, okay. Yeah, it kind of completes my style personally. Um, so. I mean, I could do this and you could get used to it, uh, only having contacts in. But yeah, I feel like most people know me by framing my face with glasses. Anyway, before we get too much on that tangent, yeah, I don't know exactly what nothing will end up being. And even Casey Neistat uh, in, in, in a quote said, consumer tech is a tidal wave of limitless potential. Nothing will be at the... Hold on. It's hard because when you start a, when you start a sentence with the word nothing, it, there's a connotation, but this is different. Consumer tech is a tidal wave of limitless potential. Nothing will be the brand at the forefront, and I can't wait for the world to experience its products. Really makes me feel like we're going to look at hardware. We're going to look at like specific, tangible products. So who knows what they'll be? Um, if there's one thing that I will give... Oh, and even Kevin Lin, the co-founder of Twitch, is a is an investor. So there's some clear heavy hitters that are a part of this new venture. And if nothing else, Carl, he knows how to like create hype and buzz i have to give him credit for that you know i wouldn't be surprised if in six months we find out that oppo's an investor as well <laughs> and they're sharing an r&d department and somehow but that that's so funny to me because now we have if that were the case and i know that we say that half jokingly but like if that were truly the oh, case i'm not saying that half jokingly i'm you're, like you're really thinking that oh I, i'm really thinking that uh okay so what i would what i find funny about that is given 
the United States uh, relationship with Chinese companies recently. Like, for example, banning Xiaomi, which makes no sense whatsoever. They have never exhibited any evidence of having any of these things that they banned Huawei for. But anyway, um, with the United States relationship with Chinese companies, I would find it funny that we have heavy hitters from the U.S. like Casey Neistat, Kevin Lin, Twitch, um, as investors in a BKK company. I think that'd be really funny. <laughs> it would be. I, I, I think it's their way of getting it in under the radar. Like, no, these, these are all Americans trying to invest in this Chinese company. <laughs> Well, we'll see what happens. Well, we will wait with bated breath to see if that's actually the case. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what comes to fruition from this. It's just, you know, at this point, we know absolutely nothing, which is kind of kind of annoying. <laughs> and kind of the point of the company's name. Yeah, kind of nothing. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, we are going to get into some more. Uh, those were the main stories that I that I thought of for this week. I know that there are a couple of other things that came up. Um I'm trying to look I was trying to look through but even when I go to other news publications tech news publications the top story today has been all about the Robin Hood stuff <laughs> so okay cool um go for it I guess um another thing that I did notice just one one tiny thing uh, I had to do with telegram which is our our messenger of choice um kudos to telegram they're really taking they're they're really uh running with this whole like this whole movement of people from whatsapp telegram has introduced uh this morning a feature that allows you to import your whatsapp chat history which i was like wow that's really funny <laughs> so good on you telegram uh but yeah that's really everything else that i was sort of thinking of over the last like couple of days uh we're gonna go ahead and get into a quick break while we talk about samsung as Nick Gray is actually using the latest Galaxy S21 devices now. All right, coming back from the break, uh, I want to start this section off by saying that if there's one company that has done a, well, plenty of companies have found a way to survive and actually thrive in the pandemic, but uh, Samsung actually did say that they, they had rising profits in 2020, despite the pandemic happening and that might be on the back of a few devices that we really enjoyed um which include the s20 fe i know that that one was a big hit for a lot of people still one of those phones that we would really recommend to people um now hopefully they'll be able to continue that momentum with the galaxy s21 line and so far it seems like people are really enjoying them and nick gray mr fandroid himself has finally gotten his own units um why don't you tell us plural? How, plural. Why don't you tell us how this Multiple all happened? Multiple plurals. <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, Samsung did not deem me worthy of receiving a first round review unit um, and said, I will get mine when they become available, which is still not now. So like many of you, I had to pre-order the device and... Uh, I wanted to get my hands on the Galaxy S21 Ultra and the regular S21, which I picked up in white because I, I really like this color. Um, and then I pre-ordered the devices, and then a couple days later I realized, hey, I have a couple old Samsung phones that I could have used for a pre-order. But at that point they had locked in all of the pre-orders. So in order to get the trade-in value of, I think it was like $550 for the... <laughs> Um, the Note 10, uh, which is a really good deal, more than what you can get typically selling the device even on Swappa. Hmm. So I I called them up and was on the line 
about 30 minutes, talked to a supervisor. There was no way they could add the trade-in to my order that was already in, and there was no way they could cancel my order that was already in because it was already locked in, even though it was still seven days before the device was scheduled to ship. So I placed a second order, <laughs> a trading in two two different phones. I think I, I traded. Uh, I have them here ready to go back since I just got my devices, the S10 Plus and the Note 10. Uh, both of those are going to be my trade-in devices. But yesterday I had four devices that I ordered show up. But then my good friends at AT&T came through with a review unit as well, which also showed up yesterday for the Note, not the Note, uh, the S21 Ultra. And so I had a total of five devices show up in my house yesterday, which <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting that many. I wasn't planning on that. Uh, two of them are going to be going back to Samsung tomorrow. Uh, and then two I'll be keeping, and then the other one going back to AT&T in a couple weeks. So let's go down the line, like of the five, what, were, what are the different models and colors that you ended up getting? Uh, I have three uh, S21 Ultras, two of them in Phantom Black, mm -hmm. uh, one of them in Phantom, I can't remember if it's silver or gray, and then I have two S21s in Phantom White. Oh, so you didn't go for any Plus models? No. Oh, well, why not? No, I didn't go for you, you would have been one of the only I'm, people I'm, who got a Plus. <laughs> no, I, so I'm a small phone kind of guy. So oh, the fair. like, I had to get the Ultra because it's the Ultra and has the additional RAM and the additional... Uh, cameras on the back, but the S21 and the S21 Plus are essentially the same phone with the same processor, storage, RAM, cameras, everything like that. The only difference is the screen size and the battery size. Uh, so for me, the S21 makes more sense, um, just like I purchased the Pixel 4 instead of the Pixel 4 XL. And going way back in my history of phone purchasing decisions, I always buy the smaller one rather than the big one. Mm, okay, okay. So with so. there are obviously like people like myself, like we've been working with these. By the way, I, I will say you might be, it, it is both a good and a bad thing that you're able to get the colors of the S21 that you got. But I mean, this Thanos edition here, as I love people are calling it that because of the purple and gold going on here. Like I got to give a lot of credit to uh, to the stylings of the the Galaxy S21 and the S21 Ultra. Um, that white edition does look pretty dope, though, I will admit. Yeah, I went with the white just because I knew all the review units. They were sending out the Phantom Black, uh, which I, I really love the Phantom Black for the S21 Ultra. That color is pretty amazing. Uh, but I knew everyone else was getting the purple and gold, and I was like, I need something a little bit different than that. Sure. And the white, the, the so it's a silver trim along the edges and then a white back panel. Mm -hmm. uh, and for the, the S21, not the Plus, it is plastic on the back. It feels identical to the Galaxy S20 FE, uh, which I had no issues with. Yep. And, you know, if if... If you drop the phone and you do manage to break the back, which is a lot harder to do than the glass back of the uh, S20 Plus, the back panel will cost you about $10 to replace versus about $80 or $90. Mm, okay. So what so. have been your thoughts so far? Like, granted, you've only been... Like, this is this is going to be the first impressions after the first impressions. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm officially like 28 hours into the Ultra, 
uh, it showed up yesterday morning. I really, I really like it. I've honestly, the main thing I've done so far is uh, just testing out the cameras, just because that's one of the first things that I do put up is my camera tests with the devices. Uh, but I've loaded up all of my apps and played a couple, uh, probably about an hour of games last night. Are you still it. huge on COD Mobile, or are you doing other things now? Uh, yeah, off and on. I I try to. I mean, it it it's not like it really matters, but I played Stadia on it. <laughs> but hey, Stadia <laughs> plays really well on really great performance. <laughs> really good performance, man. It's just as good as an NVIDIA graphics card. Um, now it it's really good. I, I did play some Call of Duty Mobile, downloaded uh, the latest update, and played that for a little bit. Um, it's nice to be able to max out all the settings, but it's not like you couldn't max out all the settings on the previous version of the Galaxy S devices. So. Hmm. Um, it, it's one of those things where, you know, running benchmarks on these phones, you see about a 25 to 30% improvement over last year, which is significant, except there's no games that can actually take advantage of that horsepower. Yeah. I mean, I can only the think, only I can way... only think of one, but I'm, I feel like the only person in our like tech friend group that's addicted to Genshin impact. Like it's the only one that I've, there are settings I've... that you can go to highest, you can go to like higher frames per second, all of that stuff. Um, so you can scale. You can scale according to the device you're using. Yeah, and but what what could you get on last year's models? Um, like you were probably getting 60 FPS. Yes, um, it does. It, okay, so the game does scale upward. Um, so with every new update, they do improve a lot of things. So I don't know. Like I need to think back on it because I wasn't playing it back when the S20 was out. It wasn't even out. Genshin Impact's only like a four-month-old game so far. <laughs> yeah, it came out in like October, right? Yeah. No, so I mean, I, I'd be interested to see putting it side by side with you know a Galaxy S twenty and the S twenty one to see if there's actual any improvements in That's true. the visual fidelity of it. Because yeah, you can you can run run benchmarks all day long and see the huge improvements in performance. Um, I, I think the one thing that's more interesting is with the Snapdragon 888, it is more powerful. It's also more power efficient mm. than last year's models, uh, mainly because the 5G modems are built in, uh, but for a whole lot of other reasons as well. So you should be able to get longer lasting battery life with that. That means you can game for longer without having to plug it in, mm -hmm. which I think more people would be uh, interested in that aspect rather than, hey, you're going to get an extra two frames per second on Call of Duty Mobile. Yeah. So going like, but that's performance across the board. And we don't even know, we won't know here in the US at least, what the Exynos variant is actually going to, to bring to the table. Uh, that's going to be something that will either be a good or a bad thing to our European friends uh, and any, anyone else abroad, really. But you've been doing your camera test so far. And I, mm -hmm. I wanted to get your thoughts on the differences of the cameras between the Ultra and the S21 because I, I, you know, I'm only one man. I'm only able to work on one phone at a time. So at first, I got on the Ultra. I did my real world camera test, and I, I gave it a pretty big endorsement that it's the first. It's one of the first phones that I feel comfortable using for actual B-roll shots in replacement of my iPhone 12 Pro Max. Now, that's not to say that it is better or even as good as the iPhone uh, as the iPhone 12 Pro Max in terms of video performance, but I would not feel like I'm missing out on much with the Ultra. And then I went to the Galaxy S21, and it feels like the cameras are so different that it actually feels a little bit like a big gap. Uh, 
So I, I don't think there's a difference in visual fidelity in how the images are processed and the video is processed. I think what you're seeing more is the physical ramifications of having a much larger sensor yes. on the S21 Ultra. That 108 megapixel sensor is almost double the, it's not square footage, square inchage of the the one the 12 megapixel sensor inside the s s regular s21 uh i one of it, it's not a particularly great picture but one of the pictures that i took uh when i went out and took my camera test with the s21 ultra yesterday i typically sit in my car and i take a picture of my steering wheel and i you know it, it focuses on the steering wheel and then the console behind it is typically mostly in focus. With the Ultra, it was blurred out. It looked like I took a picture with a DSLR and that's mm -hmm. without a portrait mode. And that's simply because of the aperture of the lens and also the size of the sensor itself. Having that much larger sensor allows for that depth of field that you typically don't get in most smartphone cameras. I mean, you, you get it on, you know, a professional camera, DSLR, you might get it on a small point-and-shoot camera just because that point-and-shoot camera might have, you know, three-quarters of an inch sensor or maybe even an inch sensor on there. But this is large enough where even something that's two to three feet away, it can still distinguish the background and cause some blur to something that's, you know, another six to eight inches behind it, uh, which I, I think, you know, just taking regular pictures of people in a room without turning on the portrait mode, you can actually get that depth of field and that separation between the foreground and the background. I think that's really what you're you're seeing there, and that translates the video as well. Yeah. Extremely. Translates love, the I video. love the depth of field in video on the main yeah. sensor for sure. I was actually su pleasantly surprised as I was editing my camera test with the S21 Ultra, and I was going through the video that I shot with the 10X camera. They're not extremely crisp. They're not phenomenal videos by any means. But the look that you get with a 10x zoom is incredible. Mm. Just zooming down the street and, you know, seeing cars go by and the way that, uh, you know, how a zoom lens kind of flattens the image a little bit and makes messes with the proportions that you typically don't see on a regular sensor. Uh, it, it just looks... It has that cinematic look almost mm -hmm. that you would see in, you know, a movie or a production quality video. Like the quality of the video isn't there, but the look is there. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's one of those things that we're going to see dramatically improve over the next couple of years. Uh, I don't think everybody needs a 10x zoom. But if you are somebody who likes to record a lot of video, if you have if you do have kids who are in sports and you know you're on the other side of the soccer field being able to have 10x zoom allows you to zoom in and see them up close and personal even though they're two three hundred feet away you can actually record them scoring that goal or something like that uh, much better than what you would typically get with you know the standard sensor or even the 3x it's a far more that's a far more practical use case scenario than what i'm allowed to to get because the best that I can do with any of these zooms is like, look, a squirrel. <laughs> I, I have deer in my backyard from time to time. I haven't seen them in the last two days, uh, but one of these days I'm going to get them from you know the attic and zoom in on them. 
way down there yeah makes sense like that's the other reason why i love my botanical gardens because one of them in particular has ducks and i'm just like yeah ducks like i love ducks <laughs> and then ducks. I, I it was to the point where i actually started doing research on like can i have a pet duck and you can but you need to have pet ducks for every male duck you need to have a bunch of female ducks because that's just how they are um like they need a flock you need a flock that's the term uh but you yeah can have chickens fair not as cool though not as not as but you get eggs every day that's our, our neighbors are getting chickens and they're they're saying that they're going to start giving us eggs yeah okay i'm I, i'm free into eggs. that some free range some free free yeah, free ish range, range. Yeah. free-ish range i mean free-ish range in the backyard yeah exactly uh but yeah that's the most that i'm able to do with the 10 times zoom and i i agree with you there the 10 times zoom like it, it wasn't until these zooms came in phones that i started to learn about the virtues of background compression and that mm-hmm. you really want to isolate your subject because i remember when 10 times zoom especially telescopic zooms became a thing i think we started with five from oppo or eight try to remember what the number was i think it was five it was yeah, five like two yeah. and a half three years ago so that it started with five and then we got the 10 times zoom the reno 10 times zoom and with that phone i remember trying to get like a close-up of like isa's eye one time uh, or her earring or something like that and it wasn't working. Like, it just wasn't working. And I realized I was learning at that moment the difference between zoom and macro. Because what that 10 times zoom, and it's the same thing with the Galaxy S21 Ultra, what that 10 times zoom was really giving you was subject isolation, even if that subject is not super close up. So what you do is you get really far away. You get a portrait of someone from, like, let's say the belly up. And it's a much more dramatic photo. Um, mm. but if you get any closer than even that, your subject will not be in focus, which at first seemed like such a frustrating thing, but it wasn't until my photography experience started to learn about background compression, about proper portraitures and stuff like that. Like these phones, all of our phones make us think that portrait mode or portraitures is just blurry background. That's so not the case. No, it's not the case. It, it's part of the look, but that's not what what it actually is mm-hmm. right i still wouldn't go past 10 and, and i'm thinking you might you might feel the same way like pictures become oil paintings once you hit 30 times yeah i mean so with the the digital zoom anything past 10 is really hard one of the, one of the issues is because the f-stop on that sensor is so high unless you have perfect lighting i think it's an f-stop of 4.9 or if i'm correct i, I can't remember uh, but it's so high, which means if you're zooming into something without exceptional lighting, then it's trying to match the lighting that you're actually getting from the other sensors as well. So if you're taking if you're taking photos across the board with all the cameras, your photos are going to look like they're lit the same. Mm. But what that means is it's adding ISO, noise. so it's digitally manipulating the photo to add noise to increase the brightness of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just makes it blurrier and blurrier. I did find that it performs okay in low light situations, as long as what you're trying to focus on in low light is lit. Mm. So, uh, I took a picture of a sign. Um, there's a, there's a brewery that I went by. It's called the Bulldog Brewery and took pictures with all the cameras. Uh, one thing to note, the 10X zoom does not support night mode. All the other cameras support night mode, but the 10X zoom does not. Hmm. Um, so I, I went through the list of all the cameras, took my photos, uh, regular shots, and then night mode shots, and then got to the 10X zoom. And because the sign was lit up, it it 
it it wasn't like a white light up sign. It was a, a red versus a black background. So the red just popped. It, w it looked incredible um, because the red was lit up and did really well because it wasn't trying to expose a super bright area or uh, expose a dark area to lighten it up a, a lot because there was that little bit of light in the focus. Um, I had a couple other shots that were like that as well. If you focus on something in low light conditions where the subject is lit just a little bit, it does a lot better than if it's just trying to brighten up the entire image. I see. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now and I'm, that's interesting. I didn't realize that that was the case. So what you're saying is for night mode, sorry, I'm focusing on the night mode remark that you made. Um, for night mode, it's not actually using the, te the telescopic lens. It's just cropping into the three times zoom. Well, no, you can. So if you're at 10x, if you're at 10x and you switch to night mode, it, it can't switch to night mode. Really? Because I'm in. Because if I go, to, if I go to night mode, unless if, there's a, if I go to night mode, the mode, um, mm -hmm. ten times is available. Um, the only thing is, oh, that's my lip. <laughs> I'm zooming into my own lip. The only thing is, as I'm changing between the levels, it doesn't look like the lens is actually changing. It doesn't look like it's switching to a different sensor. No, but so if so, you know, when you take a photo at night mode, it will say you take the picture and then it will do like a five second exposure. Mm -hmm. So it, it will switch over and let you look at that sensor, the 10x, but it will not do a long exposure. Interesting. I got to try that out later. So take even go to the closet and turn off the lights or something and, and try it and it, it won't do the long exposure like the other ones. The ultra wide it will do like a four or five second exposure or a, you know whatever for the other sensors but it, it won't do a long exposure for the 10x zoom gotcha okay well um at least it didn't for me and i just to clarify i am using the at&t version of this phone um which might have slightly different software and it has not received any software updates uh, since I took it out of the box, which I know some of, I think your device has received software updates for the camera already, right? I think so. But then again, we did get them fairly early. So it would make sense that they kind of like truly finalize their software. Um, but yeah, so I guess top level thoughts so far with the phones, given what you know from, let's say our content, but now that you actually see our thoughts in the flesh, in the in the physical space now with your own units like how are you feeling about samsung's uh samsung's latest line i am actually feeling a lot better uh, about this line than i was last year mm -hmm. um the uh, reasons for that mainly start with the pricing of the devices across the board all of them being 200 dollars cheaper than their 2020 counterparts which i think is really good for consumers um, and even though the cameras, like if you look at the specifications of the cameras and all of their features, they're pretty much in line with what we got last year. But I think they've done enough in the software to differentiate them from what we had last year to make it a worthwhile update if you are really into photography. I don't think that they're going to be the best smartphone cameras that we're going to see in 2020. Samsung still has some issues with you know, it's color reproduction. I'm not a huge fan of, you know, the amount of saturation and the white balance and exposure that they, they apply to their images and their post-processing. 
but it's not bad. It's not the old Samsung where every image was completely oversaturated and uh, in my books unusable. Uh, so we're a long ways from there. But I think the S21 and the S21 Plus are just the right balance of a good camera with a good smartphone for the average consumer who wants to spend eight hundred dollars. Mm. I, I I think it's it's that sweet spot. Yeah, the, the, the price the is old, the price is one of the main storylines here. Yeah, exactly. I think the ultra like the story is twofold. Like you, you want twelve gigs of RAM. You want the ultimate performance. You want the bigger battery. You want that higher resolution display. And the camera just puts puts it over the top. Uh, I, I I think we're we're gonna see a couple other cameras this year that will compete or you know be a step ahead of what Samsung is doing with this device. But you know just the flexibility and the different options that you have with framing your shots with the different cameras on the back of this phone make it really make it a really really good option for someone who's truly into photography. Yeah. But if you know if if photography is not your main focus. I would say the S21 is the way to go. Or even the Plus, if you want to have like the bigger yeah, screen. Yeah, if, if the battery and the screen is you know what you're looking for. Yeah, I would say um, the one gripe that I have, but this is something that I'm learning I have to be more measured about. Yes, I'm disappointed that let's take single take, director's view, and trying to think of another mode. Slow motion. I'm trying to think when I would actually use those modes. <laughs> I, I tried to, and I want. I really wanted to, but one of the... And guess what? I, I lived on the road, and I vlogged our life for a year and a half, and I'm trying to think of when I would actually want to use those modes. Single take, I think, makes sense if you are really unsure of what shot you want with what's in front of you. Single take makes sense if, if you're singing happy birthday at a, at a birthday party. Right, like it captures all the things that from all the cameras. Um, I I like the fact that what they've extended it to fifteen seconds mm-hmm. now. You can yeah, you can you can uh, you yeah. you can extend it. You it's not automatic. Which, which I think is quite a bit better than the fifth, the six or seven seconds mm-hmm. that we got on last year's models because that was just like say a couple things to the camera. Oh, I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> you know, by the time you start recording, somebody doesn't know what to say. It really it really feels done. like single take and director's view really do feel like only in chaotic situations. So if you're mm-hmm. filming somebody and they're always like moving forward or backward or something like that, director's view, you can see a bird's eye view of like, oh, this will look better. Go to the wide angle because they're up close to me now. Um, you know, like... <laughs> I was about to make a joke. It was probably a terrible joke, but like, excuse me, officer, back up. <laughs> then you gotta go to the white angle. Oh god, that's terrible. Um, but anyway, the um, uh, the, but those modes, like, I know that one of the immediate gripes I have with it is that they don't do 4K. Like, none of them do 4K. But I have to have measured yeah. expectations that, on a fundamental level, for somebody that actually creates with their phones, 4K on all the lenses in the primary modes including pro video mode makes a lot of sense. These other modes mm-hmm. are proofs of concept that aren't going to have the most power backing them. It's just not going to be yep. the case. So I am learning. I'm learning. I, I want everything with everything, but it's not always going to be the case. It's almost never the case. Yeah, but it, you know, we have to start somewhere though. I mean, if this is what the Snapdragon 888 is capable of next year's, what is it going to be? The 999? <laughs> yeah. 999. <laughs> Sounds like a subscription service. The the triple eight, 
triple nine. Uh, if this is what the processors are capable of now, I mean, I, I don't think we need to fault Samsung for this. I, I think it's a limitation of what the chipset itself can handle, mm -hmm. the imaging processor on the inside, because it's trying to manage the bandwidth from all of the cameras at once. Uh, and, you know, there's bottlenecks along the way, which will eventually get resolved with bigger, better, faster processors. Um, you know, and if this is what, you know, that 30% improvement in performance of a processor delivers, if we get another 30% next year, we're looking at 4K from all cameras at the same time at 30 FPS, which I think would be a huge step forward. And then the next year after that, we're looking at, you know, 4K at 60 FPS. Um, to that note, uh, I'm really disappointed that you can't record 4K 60 FPS and switch dynamically between the, the sensors while recording. You can only do it at 30 FPS, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, because that that's one of the main features. You mean me like while recording, able, not to say while recording, yeah, all yeah, the sensors like, so can do I, 4k 60. It's just, you can't switch while recording. Yeah. So, uh, you know, being recording and starting with the wide angle lens and with a single video clip, zooming into the main sensor, zooming into the three X and then to, to the 10 X, you can only do that when you set it at 4k 30. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, um, trying to think if there's any like final maybe one final thought before i go ahead and call it on this episode with you uh i like the phone so far i mean i i'm i'm probably still about a week out from my full review i have camera comparisons coming up you have a lot of them <laughs> just getting into the we meta chatting yesterday oh my god you have a whole I, list I like, of them it's nuts i have about 12 camera comparisons on my to-do list i don't know if i'm going to be doing them all but uh i'm going to try we'll see how <laughs> it goes it's just really hard going out when it's you know 28 degrees outside and i need to take pictures and you know what like it's I, just tough. I see some of our friends out in new york trying to go out it's freezing outside and whatnot i think one of our homies uh hayato he was out with the galaxy s21 ultra and the gloves he was wearing i'm just afraid that because i don't have like the full feel through the gloves i'm gonna drop the damn phone like that's my biggest worry i was worried about that last night i have gloves that allow you to use you know the touchscreen with with your gloves uh but trying to change the zoom mm -hmm. between the different lenses with a glove like it's hard enough to do it with your thumb sometimes just because your thumb's your biggest finger right and the the, the little on-screen icon is so small but yeah I, I was just sitting there i was like cursing at the phone I'm like just hit the darn button <laughs> you know what that might be this might be a, the perfect time you should look see if you can go to a local i don't know best buy or whatever because i i was just looking before we got on the show i, I want to get that s pen case with the s pen might as well yeah maybe might as well try it I, I do I do have an S Pen. I could have just taken the S Pen and done that. Maybe I'll do that. I'll, note to self, take the S Pen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take it out of the Note 20 Ultra and throw it onto the uh, throw it onto the thing. I'm just trying to figure out if this S Pen case that I'm looking at that I can pick up in an hour, um, it's 70 bucks. And so it's a silicone case, but on the side is an S Pen like mm -hmm. area. Yeah, it's the official one from Samsung. I'm trying to figure out if it comes with the S Pen. I can't, the, the, the info no, on it. No, it does. It does. It, it does, does come with the S Pen. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, I will do so this. So it's it's the larger S Pen. So it's more like a pencil size yeah. than a regular Which S I'm, Pen. Which I'm totally into. I'm totally into I'm that. totally into that. That's one of my gripes with the S Pen is that it's just too small mm -hmm. and it hurts my fingers to use it for more than a couple minutes just because it like digs into the, the edge of my fingers. But if, if it's a little bit rounder, wider, 
um, definitely something I, I'd be interested in. Yeah. I'm surprised Samsung didn't send it out with its review units. See, that's my... <laughs> I there's a part of me that like really wants to email them and be like, can you send? But historically, they they are not accessories. Uh, they don't do accessories yeah. for that kind of stuff. So I gotta get it myself. And I see some people getting like the leather case and like this and that. And I'm gonna do accessories videos. And I'm like, I gotta get it. <laughs> I gotta buy it. Do it. Do it. And honestly, I think it's probably one of the go-to accessories for this device. I mean, it for actually sure. adds functionality to the smartphone. Yeah. All right. Well. Ahead of all of your, you already have like what, two camera comparisons out ahead of the 10 that you have planned. Uh, why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where to find those? And you can plug the ones you've already done. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, you can find all of my camera comparisons on the Galaxy S21 and the S21 Ultra over on youtube.com slash fandroid. Uh, it's going to be a while till I get to my review, uh, but if you want to subscribe and stay tuned for that one, I'm hoping it will be the end of next week, but camera comparisons will be coming out every day until then. Awesome. All right. And for the links for myself and Pocket Now, uh, you can find all of those in the show notes, uh, but I'll go through them in the outro, which is starting now. Awesome. Good stuff, my friend. Make sure to follow Nick and Fandroid across all of the different links that are found in the show notes. From there, you can also follow me across the interwebs. On social media, I am at JVTechT on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok because I'm JV, I love tech, and I love to drink me some tea. From there, you can also head over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Joshua Vergara for content that supplements what you might see on Pocket Now. And of course, Pocket Now is found at Pocket Now across the social media networks. You can go over to pocketnow.com for the latest headlines and then go over to youtube.com slash Pocket Now for videos that are pretty much coming out every day. From there, we're going to go ahead and call it on this episode of the Pocket Now Weekly Podcast. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we will see you in our next episode.